Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. The grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a grade cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the grade cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel the gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> Welcome to the Grey Cricketer Podcast. It's a huge show because Pete Hanscom is on the show. We're talking Australia, Pakistan, Australia, Sri Lanka, New Zealand, England, India, Bangladesh, Shakib El Hassan's ban, and the WBBL. A shout out to Budgie Smuggler, who are long-term supporters of the show and basically give us money to say whatever we want. So please go and buy loads and loads and loads of their smugglers and smuglets and use the code CHAMP this November at checkout for free shipping. My name is Ian Higgins. I'm joined by Sam Perry and Dave Edwards. And boys, uh, well, Australia-Pakistan was a washout. Australia-Sri Lanka, just about a washout as well. Uh, not a whole lot of cricket going on. Yeah, it feels like a long run up to the tests this summer. <laughs> yeah. It feels like a lot of contextless cricket. Exactly. This summer. I've, I have a contrarian view on this. I think it's, that's okay. Like, Do we need context all the time? In fact, you need some contextlessness for context to actually take place. So I'm okay with it. It's just a summer of contextless cricket where people score heaps of hundreds, hopefully, and create narratives. And well, stuff happens in a vacuum, so there'll be some crisis, and then we can talk. I yeah. mean, does anyone go to a T20 match for context? Like, I, I mean, I'm in your kind of camp in that I enjoy contextless cricket. I mean, mm-hmm. don't make me think about this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I want T20 cricket to be like Netflix for mm-hmm. me. I just want to sit down on a couch and, you know, scroll through T20 or content or watch a thriller or watch the OJ documentary or whatever it is mm-hmm. over two glasses of wine and just let it wash over me. That's what mm-hmm. T20 cricket is to me. Or do you want to, th- like, what if it's a thriller, like if uh, Australia ends up getting a result against Pakistan and they win, mm-hmm. like, do you want to binge watch the next episode mm-hmm. of Australia versus Pakistan? Oh, I want that Netflix feature where it just auto rolls into the next episode mm-hmm. Make it's the just another play. T20. Maybe and that's basically straight- CA's schedule anyway. Well, they will get subsumed into Netflix eventually. I basically, like, you know how Netflix sometimes asks you, are you still watching? Cricket also does that as well, just like, are you still watching? Yeah. Still <laughs> it's a bit, doing it's this? It's a darker question. It's a darker <laughs> question, yeah. And you can see the reflection in yourself on the television yeah. and, you, and you're crying. Um, so that Pakistan game, well, the biggest takeaway, uh, just in the, the rules of gentry and cricket, is that, like, we lost 80 minutes of play. Yeah. Mm. Innings break. Still take 20 minutes for the break. Of course. Yeah, because you have a break now. Yeah. On that, like, so that's the match referee who makes that decision, isn't it? Javagal yes. Srinath. Yeah. So Javagal Srinath, one of the great quicks. Yeah. Um, Just these ones. What else does the match referee do besides that? Like, what's what's his paycheck? What's justifying his paycheck? I don't know. I don't know what a match official does, but like matches seem Ensure to Ensure that a match 
takes place. I, I think issues a few fines here and there. I believe. Yeah. You know, oh, slow over. I might make a determination on that. Have a chat with the captains occasionally. It's a um, fucking cushy job by the yeah, sounds of it. It's it a good job. Isn't How do you get into it? that? It's a good job. It just reminded me, like, sometimes when I go around to my parents' place and then we'll be hanging out for a bit and then, like, my mum will say, should we have lunch now? Yeah. It's just like cricket reminds me of that. Yeah. It's just like we now have a designated break. We take it for this amount of time and then we resume the mm. social activity of the sport. Mm. And it's like, just fucking get out there and hit them. Like, we've just been sitting down for, like, an hour and fucking a half. And also... But the break is good, though. It's good to have a, you know... It's nice to have a rest. Like, Can I just have a bit of rest? Jesus, warm yesterday. But yeah. fuck me, the, the game was abandoned pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was... It rained for, like, 10 seconds in Sydney yesterday. Yeah. And then, like, the, the rest of the evening, they could have played if they hung around. <laughs> they were fucking keen to go home yeah. last night. Yeah. And also, well, it's Sunday night. <laughs> why was it on at that weird time again? Like, can yeah. they just play the games at the same time? I'm fucking time poor parent. Mm-hmm. I want the games to always be on at the same time, same time. every fucking night. Yeah, why consistency. not? Consistency is key. Um, they played that Sri Lanka game at the Gabba on a Wednesday night and 6,000 people turned up. And they basically yeah. came to the assumption that, like, no one watches cricket during school holidays at night time. Right. So, like, if it's a school night, which is, I guess, Sunday night kind of is then they people can't possibly leave the house. <laughs> well, this is, seems exclusively Australian. This, We're not living we in like laws for this? Singaporean education system where kids <laughs> are locked you know, in their rooms for eight hours after school to do their homework diligently. Yeah. Like, kids get out and about. They can go to a game of cricket, should You're they desire. To, yeah. It was yeah. a shame that they are just on the match being abandoned. Like A lot of people are musing on the fact that Australia faced 3.1 overs. There was, a, there was only 11 more balls needed mm-hmm. to make it a contest. And I kind of... It would have been quite good for it to, like, they had 10 minutes to bowl 11 balls, which would have been really close, I think, which is weird to think that like, it takes a ball, like a, a ball yeah. takes a minute, but I reckon there would have been some incredible shithousery from Pakistan in that final over. I would like to have seen that. Like, I want to see, you know, like, obviously captaincy chats with the bowler. I want to see, miss, like, I want to see field changes. Yeah. I want to see someone throw the ball to mid-off who deliberately, like, uh, mm. comically misses it and has mm. to go to the boundary to go mm. get it. Mm. Shoelaces, all that sort of stuff. I reckon Pakistan have some really good levels on that too. Hey, 100%. <laughs> I just in the opposite way. I remember um, watching an England the 19s game on Sky. This is probably 10 years ago, back when I was living there. And um, the England captain at mid-off dropped a catch on purpose because he didn't want to take a wicket because they wanted to get the overs in because yeah. they were so far ahead of Duckworth Lewis. <laughs> he dro- he like caught it and then just like placed it on the ground, picked it up, threw it back to the bowl, bowl, bowl but they had like two balls left. And it's like, that's fuck, that's brilliant. Yeah, That is brilliant. Cricket more needs that. more of that. Cricket needs it's more not like, it. it's like in rugby league when there's like a really slow play the ball and yeah. it just becomes really comical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get up like, oh, I've got, yeah. got a cramp. Yeah, a lot of like cramping in the 79th yeah. minute. Yeah. Yeah. There's more cramping in cricket. <laughs> Uh, well, one of the big takeaways, obviously, is the unleashing of Muhammad Irfan um, from the you know the Pakistan side. He's seven foot one. Um, awesome. That is unbelievably tall for any human being, um, and let alone a professional athlete. Just like watching that seven foot one run in. How do they do it in the NBA? I don't know. Well, they take like five steps and they're all the way down the court. I in guess the so. NBA. Yeah. Sometimes it's a travel, but they let them do it. Yeah, yeah. 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 But like, yeah. fuck, bowlers are getting frighteningly big, aren't they? Mm. Like Harold Larwood famously was only like five foot seven or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now this bloke is, what'd you say? Seven, seven one. one. Yeah. Which I think, I only know it in Rashid's centimetres. Height. He's 216 <laughs> centimetres tall. Mm. He'll dunk on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he also, like, there's so much to his aesthetic. Like, he's obviously a fucking, he's like, you know, if Aladdin had sex with Robert Wardlow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Uh, you know when you're growing up and you're reading the Guinness Book of Records, the tallest man, yes. Robert Wardlow. Yeah. Mm. Imagine yes. him just, you know, an Aladdin, the yeah. flowing magical hair of Aladdin. Good hair, which good he salad. has. He's got a great salad. Good salad. Let's good give salad. it to him. Yep. That is what he is to me. Mm. That's a compliment. I think so. Yeah. Well, geez, he didn't bowl well. Mm. Um, Finch actually took him to pieces. It's hard to dissect this game because, um, you know, it was hardly a game, was it? But like, um, you know, Muhammad Amir back on Australian, like one of the bad things is like he's such a wonderful bowler. Yep. Um, and he is not playing Test cricket anymore. Just going to go on the T Twenty circuit, which you know, fair play, I guess. Mm. Uh, but that's a shame. Um, the uh, Australia Sri Lanka series, I suppose, the next thing to talk about: absolute demolition. Um, this continues the contextless cricket theme. <laughs> we're talking about New Zealand England next, which is a, it yeah. seems even less relevant given that their Test matches afterwards don't even count towards the, the mm. Test championship. But um, Australia Sri Lanka, yeah, we smashed them. <laughs> Hardly anyone had a hit. Alex Carey didn't bat once in the entire series. Warner didn't get out. Any other takeaways? I mean, look, my takeaway is that there is no takeaway yep. from this. Like, we cannot take anything away from this because it represented nothing. It was a little taste tester to get us into the summer, I think. Mm -hmm. That's what I think this series was. It was meaningless. We're talking about contextless cricket. Mm -hmm. It's just a bit... Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like when you get a little taste, like a starter plate at a really expensive restaurant, yep, just to yep. kind of open the taste buds and whet the appetite. But yep. it's, oh, it's underwhelming. It's still, it was yep. still... I don't know about you, but... I still checked the CA app on the day just to see if the game was on. I still feel a little flutter of excitement. Oh, the cricket's on tonight. That's good. Mm -hmm. Cricket is increasingly becoming a little bit contextless. It just washes over you. Think that's okay? Hmm. Like, it was pretty contextless when Australia was incredibly good at cricket. I guess you so. You know, like, like teams would come out every series. There was no... I can't remember there being like any kind mm -hmm. of huge showdowns apart from maybe when Australia went to India. Otherwise, it was just a procession and we are there just watching the exhibition. They were all greats. Or whatever. Like, I think cricket sometimes can be contextless and it's okay. Like, can you, oh, you can be yeah. overwhelmed with context at times to the point where mm. it actually becomes meaningless. Well, they're really trying to drive that with T20, aren't they? It's this newly cerebral form of the mm. game that requires strategy. Mm. And I don't like to think of T20 and strategy in the same sentence. Mm. Like, I, they should be as far away in the sentence as possible for mine. Mm -hmm. Just Those whack two em. words. Just whack them? Just, just YouTube. Just them. Them. It's just whack them. It's just cheerleaders. It's R&B music. Mm -hmm. It's IPL season one. That's mm -hmm. what T20 is to me, and I want it to remain that way. But don't you see T20 is like possibly going down that like American baseball style of like just being overrun by super nerds who like have yeah. uh, like money ball theory yeah. and stuff that you will never understand and that's yeah. all said in italics like and i find that <laughs> comical which is good like, like i think one thing one takeaway from australia sri lanka was that it was like i think we mentioned this last week but it was like very it was a very classically australian kind of demolition job it was all like uh muscular batting it was pace on bowling and you know all the uh, you know people coming out going well you know that's not actually how t20 is played but but like we are like just ensconced in our australian bubble mm. Fading light, few bumpers, mm. guys getting injured, you know, uh, doing fun things with the bat, and you know, life's happy in uh, the corner of the corner of this world. Yeah, but isn't that the thing, Pez? Because like, let's say the Great Australian Team of fifteen years ago, which mm. was the name of the team, the Great Australian Team, mm -hmm. and and like that team, it was good to watch in that contextless cricket form because 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 we could just watch how much better they were than anyone. Yeah. Like that, that's yeah. a, that's a Hall but, of Fame yeah. team, but now it's the same it's the players doing exactly the same thing but they're not as good as that team was so it's just like well no one can play away from home anymore so we just no. smash them even though we're not playing like the feels the, to me that like t20 shouldn't be played by nation states like this should just be a, club sport. A, it's a club sport a world club challenge that's yeah. what i would like to see t20 be because they tried that didn't they they tried mm. the world club championships new south wales won the first one actually yeah. like smith and warner in it when they went to india mm. it's franchises it's fucking billion dollar owners there's, yeah. there's money floating around everywhere there's cheerleaders as i mentioned before yep. male and female yeah I, 
I like the idea. <laughs> I like the idea of it getting to like a you know a UEFA Champions League football sense where like teams traveling like you know. Away, but I get get Yeah, imagine like bringing New South Wales. Yeah, you, like like you, you know the famed European clubs going over the over the river mm. to to travel to see their team play in Germany. Mm. But imagine that away just, days, away yeah, days. days. Yeah, could that happen? In cricket? Well, as I say, they tried to do it, but they did it in India. So maybe it's like I, I I've said this many times. I find infrastructure is terrible there. I find it just hard to watch the cricket in India. I don't know what mm. it is. So and hello to our Indian radio listeners. This, this show is literally on Indian radio, yeah. Mm. But um, but I don't know. I just, I don't know what it is. It's just, uh, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's a time thing. Mm. I don't know. Well, anyway, I, I think one of the themes of the Australian T20 stuff in the, like, the realm of strategy is, yeah, we're still like super old school in the thinking. It'll be interesting to see if we like will embrace, especially with Andrew McDonald being named the assistant coach now. You yeah. know, are we going to embrace a little bit more, you know, a cleverer approach? You know, are we going to feed through the system those guys who bowl in long sleeve shirts who might look like they chuck it a little bit or whatever, you know, <laughs> can pace off be something that mm. takes off in Australian Ooh. cricket? Yeah, it's interesting. Not at all. Chest, thoroughbreds, it's hard levers. To, it's hard to know because we just have not taken T... As we, we, the three of us, have not taken mm. T20 cricket seriously at all. No. Um, to the point where Steve Smith hasn't played... Well, before this summer, hadn't played in three and a half years. Obviously, yeah. there's a band in there in the middle, but like, yep. hadn't played three and a half years, still on the team. Is he the best? Is he one of the best batsmen in a T20 side? I don't know. I, I, I literally don't know the answer to that. T20 cricket, player. it should be just like, you know, Hong Kong sevens. It should just mm-hmm. be held in, you know, places yeah. like Hong Kong or, you know, interesting tropical locations over a weekend mm. and just, you know, exclusively for the entertainment mm. of corporates. Isn't the same, <laughs> isn't the same at the same point, like, there's the fickleness of T20. Like, Australia have never taken it seriously. If they had won this series against Pakistan 3-0, they would have been the number one T20 team in the world. Like, how, how is that possible? Yeah. Baba Azam is the number one so there was batsman in the world. Mm. Like, how? Like, he's a good player, yeah. but, like, surely there are, you know. He's a good player. He's a good player. Oh, yeah. no, he's a good player. Good player. Get him on the show. Good little player. Wax him. Yeah. Always, 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 always diminish it. Always diminish yeah. it. Oh, he's a good yeah. little player. Right on. Yeah. Very Mark War. Uh, Warner, not dismissed, 217. Uh, runs for the series. Right. Um, right. Nice. Expected. Probably expected, right? Expected. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see Warner whack him a little bit. Yeah. It's, how we, it's how we kicked off, you know. Like, thing, things is, I think it's more a sign that, like, things are just starting to return to some sort of normality in Australian cricket. I mean, Warner commenced mm. his career against Stain and um, the other, you know, Morkel, et cetera, mm. on that T20 night. 10 years ago in Melbourne, we didn't know who he was, and here yeah. he is again doing it 10 years later. It just, uh, you know, <sighs> I think Australian cricket, this is what we're talking about, the context yeah. of stuff. Like we, could, we could just use, it's been, it's been industrial crises, it's been cultural crises, you know, administrative crises everywhere, on-field crises. Mm. Like, let's just, let's just get some normality back. Let, I, I don't mind Warner whacking them into Adelaide mm. Oval stands for a little bit of time. Mm. It just, just let me settle. We meditate. I think a lot of yeah. people feel this way. And it is a tumultuous time, as we've said many times in this podcast. It is good to see Warner doing that. I mean, imagine if Warner did in those three games just come in and nick off first ball every time. We mm. would be having a real crisis mm. on our hands That's here. Right. A mm. real crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you, you always get excited when like the first ODI of the summer used to happen in like the nineties, two thousands, mm. and you used to be excited by the like see the Australian team kit for the first time. Yeah. yeah. You know, what, what number was Stuart Law going to wear? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. Always ten. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we just missed that. I missed the branding of that. Yeah. I wish I got to choose my number for cricket. I, ne- I never was around long enough to get my own number. What would you have gone for? 
Probably something that was uh, relevant in a different code that I liked. Yeah. Interesting. So either probably number 10, fly half and rugby, yeah. number six, five, eight, I was both of those things. Yeah. Uh, maybe 23 as an homage to Jordan, although mm. that would have been taken very quickly. Yeah. Mm. By Michael Clark and Shane Warne. Yeah. Pez? Mm. Something similar. Yeah. Just something that represents another code. So I've got seven. nothing to add. Yeah. Beckham. Seven. Beckham so seven. I just want to ask for play halfback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. League. Yeah. Mm. Anything that's playmaker or where you're the main narcissistic personality. I remember Mark Taylor had one. And I thought that's yeah. that's really sending a statement out there. Yeah. I'm one. Yeah. <laughs> He's just thinking it in yeah, this linear. I am the big dog, yeah. number one. Yeah. I bat number me's. one. I am captain. I am yeah. one. Nasser Hussain had three. <laughs> I bat three for England. Three. Probably. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, there's the uh, Cameron Akmal had 23 as well. It's a good play. Sorry. One thing. Um, well, a serious thing came out. It was the Glenn Maxwell thing. He just you know destroyed the opponents, and then it, yeah. yeah, he's taken a break for mental health. Yep. Probably a good chance for us to say we meditate on a lot of mental health issues in cricket and satirise it and humour, you know, use a lot of humour or get confused by it a little bit. But, you know, there is support out there. You should seek support if you need a hand, if you're struggling. And it's good that mental, uh, that uh, Glenn Maxwell did that as well. Obviously, um, obviously been on the show a couple of times, once yep. once or twice. So um, we obviously wish him the absolute best mm. um, in his recovery. New Zealand and England, um, they've already played two two T20s over there. It's um, it's one apiece in the series. Um, you know, as I said before, in terms of contextless cricket, this feels very similar. Um, England are trying out new things. New Zealand are missing their best player. Um, probably the most interesting thing that happened was in the last um, T20. Uh, new Zealand got 176. England all out 155. James Vince dropped three catches and then walked out to bat wearing the wrong gloves. So <laughs> things are going well for James over there. <laughs> Right, he's cover drive. Hell of a cover drive. Hell of a cover drive. Yeah. Scored some runs in the first T20. He'd play 100 tests in Australia yep. off the back of that cover drive. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. A fucking 100 tests. Where were you bat him? Five? Wherever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have to issue an, an apology. Uh, last week I stated that uh, when we were trying to work out who Chris Silverwood was, I was like, oh, I think he's got a southernish accent. He's from deep north uh, of England, Yorkshire. So just uh, Which does makes his accent confusing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's super confusing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. apologies to the uh, many who got in touch uh, and said you were incorrect. Um, but that's okay because you know when you make a mistake, when you're a bit public facing, you're going to hear it, uh, hear from it. So yeah. nothing else. That's, um, that second T20, there was about 14 people there. It was at the Cape Tin. Um, mm. And it kind of reminded me that like, even the SCG on a Sunday, Sydney, most popular city in Australia, like no one's really at that game. Like when does the summer start? When does cricket start in the summer of the Southern Nations? I think yeah. we've obviously got the Melbourne Cup tomorrow yeah and that commences the start of the silly season as we call it in australia which is kind of coming towards the end of your working year the calendar year at work Mm -hmm. people are just starting to you know drift into you know early knockoffs Mm -hmm. beers from 3 p.m at the pub Mm -hmm. corporate shorts start to make an appearance in a very jarring way yeah you know people start talking about christmas parties Mm -hmm. maybe outdoor lawn bowls kind of events Mm -hmm. people have knocked off emotionally Mm -hmm. from their jobs and that's when cricket jumps in and seizes the moment so Mm -hmm. i think Probably mid-November after the cup washes over all of us. Mm-hmm. Game responsibly, of course, but that I think will be when cricket comes into its own. But I'm not ready yet. Mm. Yeah, it's part of all As I speak on the third instalment of our podcast, which we're monetizing via ads. <laughs> Hello, India. I'm joking yeah. this makes up for the um, New Zealand New Zealand beating England in one T20. It makes up for the World Cup semi-final Would've loss. Would have thought so. Would have thought so. Straight swap. Um, well, that reminds me, actually, uh, I had a friend, uh, friend of the show right in, Bupraj Singh. He says, hey, lads, on the scale of Omega to Alpha AF, how Alpha is Faf de, Cl- Faf de Klerk 
yarning to Prince Harry in his Saffa budgie smugglers after smashing the palms in the Rugby World Cup 2019 final. Is this the level of alpha we should all be looking to achieve in our lives? You guys seen the photo I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess so. What, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't well, say. Winning, I'd winning the Europe. World Cup, like yeah. one of the most important Commonwealth sports, rugby, winning mm. that over England, mm. the arch nemesis, and then wearing Speedos, barely... <laughs> Concealing your private parts whilst mm. shaking hands with Prince Harry on mm. television. Mm. Yeah, so I guess it's up there. Mm. I think there were budgie smugglers as well, actually. Mm. Um, all right, India versus Bangladesh. They've had one T20. Uh, Bangladesh actually beat them, and they beat them without Shakib Al Hassan because the big story there is obviously he's been banned for two years, one year suspended for yeah. not reporting an approach from a bookmaker. The ICC said in its statement that the player did not report two approaches he received during a tri series involving Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and Zimbabwe in January 2018 and one more over a 2018 Indian Premier League match between Hyderabad and Kings Eleven. Um, Shakib will be free to resume playing international cricket on October 29, meaning he will almost certainly miss the T20 World Cup in Australia, which is between October and November next year. So um, he'd actually just recently let a strike um, for Bangladesh players to receive more pay. Not going to pay anymore. Um, Michael Vaughan came out on Twitter, obviously, and said, not harsh enough. Mm. Bookmakers literally came to him and said, fix these games. Yeah. Didn't report it. Thoughts? A couple of like uh, quotes coming through, like the, the the fixer in question texting him going like, bro, anything doing in the IPL? <laughs> <laughs> anything like, doing? Oh, oh, look, I've only spoken to him twice. It's like the guy's calling him bro. Or yeah, is anything, yeah, yeah. anything going on? Sending him marketing yeah. messages. Yeah. I liked, uh, what well, if I like, you don't like any of it really, but like apparently a lot of these transactions are happening via greenbacks and Bitcoin. So oh, it's, yeah. just, it's just the infiltration of Bitcoin into cricket. I mean, you know, there's silver yeah. lining. Uh, it's yeah. good to see cricket, you know, innovating at least on that front. Yeah. I saw, actually saw a tweet from uh, Shakib last night promoting, I think, a new product from Huawei. <laughs> Bitcoin. Huawei, the, you know, so at least he's still yeah. taking some of that sweet Chinese telco cash. Yeah, like nice. they haven't, you know, relinquished their sponsorship with him. How yeah. come? It's funny when like, you know, Steve Smith and the like, mm. you know, fucking woke brands falling over each other to, you know, pull their sponsorship from him. Mm. Yeah. This bloke's just done, you know, what the ICC has deemed as a grievous offence and yeah. not gone the other way. Well, it's funny because telcos seem to be jumping on board because mm. obviously Vodafone did the yeah. stuff with C. Smith, yeah. did, did the ad. Um, now, now Huawei with Shakib. Well, I think they're trying to get into the Bitcoin business and so maybe Shakib can give them an, an in you can, into what's yeah, going you on. You can yeah. make uh, paperless Bitcoin stuff. transactions on the new Huawei smartphone. Mm. And that's why we're proud to be sponsored by Huawei. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely uh, listening to this right now. Yeah, there's definitely no intelligence issues there. <laughs> now my iPhone's listening into all the conversations we're having. Um, Rohit Sharma is captain of this Indian size during the T20 series. Um, Kohli's not playing. And uh, India and Bangladesh are playing a two-test series after this. And one of them is a, a day-night test match in Calcutta they're going to play. Um, so nice to see India catching up to the year 2014 as well. Any other takeaways from Shakib Al Hassan? Yeah, I reckon it'd be interesting like if that would happen in grey cricket. Obviously, it never would because there's no gambling markets in great cricket but like if like how many people would fall over in club cricket if like a bookmaker approached and just be like mate just chuck this or flick a couple hundred bucks hmm. many <laughs> 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 I think, yeah. well again we predicted it in the second book T and no sympathy in the first chapter mm. so <laughs> yeah yeah yep people said that was far-fetched yeah uh, including the publisher uh, all right, WBBL, Elisa Healy and Elise Perry posted the highest ever partnership in WBBL history, hitting 199 not out for the Sixers against the Stars. Healy 106 not out of 53. Perry 87 off a pretty slow 68 balls. Um, I, I don't know why I'm not surprised by this. Is it because yeah. they're the best players who have ever played the sport? I, I kind of like it. Like, 
I like front loading your innings front with loading. just the fucking best players, yeah. like and, and making your opposition look hapless. Like who's mm. going to open the batting? How about Healy and Perry, mm. the two best players mm. in the code by a long way at the moment, mm-hmm. and making the bowlers look incredibly hapless mm. uh, on on the wacker. Mm. I, did, I was watching highlights of this last night, and and I'm sure there is good reason for it, but I I'm very very reluctant to like um, sneer at women's cricket. Um, I, I find bowling in hats difficult to deal with. Yep. I'm sure there is a good reason from a hair perspective set as a bald man. Um, mm. If someone could explain why this happens, maybe it's just sound smart. As women do tend to be more sensible than men. That's yep. actually provable in health statistics. Mm. But um, <laughs> bowling in your hats, come on. Come, give, you know. Well, you could, I think... Yeah. I don't know. Because it's a social thing. There are hair bands available. But yeah. like, is, it, is that thing just like when you go to training, you're given a cap training you bowl with the cap and therefore yeah. you just do the thing that you is do it a fast overrates thing like if you don't have to give your cap to That's the umpire yeah. Yeah. or someone gives your cap to the umpire yeah. and That's that can sometimes sensible. hold up a few it's seconds it's a workload issue apparently, mm. apparently the, the fine leg to min on right. is doing too many k's doing That's why Pat Howard got fired yeah. <laughs> It does make sense like why wouldn't you bowl in a cap you literally just save your skin it's just skincare. Yeah. Frankly, does it get in the way? No, I mean, it shouldn't. It's just one of these, you know, another one of these, un- like, you know, social <laughs> conventions yep. that have no explanation that well, I'm happening to. Well, stand I think by. it's because people have seen footage of Clary Krimmett bowling. Yeah. And um, it looks fucking village. Mitchell Santner in the uh, New Zealand England game, he was wearing a bucket hat. He's been wearing that in the field recently. He was asked about it. He just said, it's just sun smart. Yeah. So yeah. I, love, I love the sixes, though. You're right. It's absolute Fisher and Pike or front loader. Just get the best two players up the top. <laughs> that's a fucking some under thirteens reps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, more leaves than a tree. Yeah. This bloke more dots than a Dalmatian. Oh my oh, god! Uh, swinging like a rusty gate. Oh yeah. Swinging like a jazz band. Mm. Pizza Hut special delivery. <laughs> Never heard that before. <laughs> Cup speed. Got to give the people what they want. Uh, all right, Pete Hanson was on the show. We should talk to Pete, and after that, your questions. Hashtag us. They know the importance of this delivery. Yasir Shah, his last ball of the series. Got him! Why did he do that? Unbelievable! Yasir Shah wins the match. Wins the series for the first time for Pakistan. Okay, boys, some numbers here. 16 tests, 2 tons, 450s, 22 ODIs, a ton there, 450s, 105 first-class games, nearly 6,500 runs, 14 tons, 3650s there. Played for Australia in all formats, has won numerous shields. I'm advised that as a Victorian, he doesn't have an AFL team, uh, which is probably extremely healthy. Uh, I'm talking about Pete Hanscom. Pete, welcome to the Great Cricketer. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Let's 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 kick off uh, with grey cricket, Pete. Uh, you're a St Kilda boy. Uh, can you just tell us about life at St Kilda Cricket Club? Your early forays into grey cricket, Premier cricket, as it's called down there, and actually everywhere else. What are your early memories? Yeah, early memories of grey cricket. Seventeen uh, year old, um, just coming into coming into the system. Uh, first game uh, was for the twos against Melbourne, so St Kilda and Melbourne, quite a big rivalry there. Um, so a little bit of a little bit of pressure on the line, and I'd uh, I'd never really seen much uh, much like it before. But there was you know a bit of banter being thrown from uh, the sidelines to the blokes on the on the field, and uh, yeah, it was quite a quite a heated game to to kickstart the uh, district career. 
So were you were you not prepared for that? Because I think I read that you've actually well, you had been playing against men, like fully formed men, since the age of about thirteen in the um, in the Q subbies competition. So is there is there a big leap between Q and St Kilda? Um, well, I mean, I did I did get uh, threatened. I think when I was sixteen um, to to go out to the car park after the game. Um, yep. against one of the opposition players but uh, you know, politely declined um, that offer uh, and, and moved on but oh, so um, that was it yeah no more questions yeah, just politely declined the invitation <laughs> no, and thank you. I'll see you next week <laughs> well yeah exactly right you know we'll move on and, and, and see if we can you know get past this little altercation uh, oh, and you know, funnily enough we did so it worked out uh, it worked out for the better beautiful um, but, I, but yeah no, it was just a, it was just a step up um, it was a bit you know, obviously the competition's a bit better. The, the boys feel like there's more riding on it as well. Um, guys trying to push for ones and then, you know, further their career. So it was, uh, yeah, it was an entertaining um, first game. So um, you, you, you play your first game in second grade, Pete. Um, how long did you have to wait? How long, you, how long did you have to do your apprenticeship in second grade before you got your chance in first grade? Sort of one, two weeks or mm. uh, before Christmas or <laughs> what happened? Uh, funnily enough, um, my next game was in the ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just the one game. Same week. Just the you same just really game. bashed the door down, I presume, with runs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I came, I, I, I came in at three for nine um, for the twos and, and, and managed to put on a partnership with one of my mates. Um, we put on about 90, so that, that sort of got us got us going. But, um, yeah, went up into the ones, played, played four games, uh, made four runs over the over the course of those four games and, and got quickly uh, dropped back to the twos. Oh, okay, that's unusual. We were, we were expecting you to just kind of list off your yeah. list of achievements until reaching test cricket. So yeah. you have experienced some early <laughs> failure and, mm. and you're able to bounce back from it. Mm. See, so you got to you got to learn early, mate. It's a, mm. it's a big game of failures. We, we I mean, St Kilda is a pretty renowned club. It's a club of Shane Warne and obviously people we've spoken to like Bob Quiney and now Nick Maddinson's there as well. I mean, perhaps you were dropped back to twos because, as Bob says, he likes to turn up to the game just to have showers. Um, <laughs> and can you actually confirm that? Yeah, Bobby's still turning up even though he's not playing anymore. Um, just turns up right at the end of the day and uh, jumps in the showers with the boys. So not not sure what's going on there, but um, he's one of the... He's one of the great shower time, shower time boys, and it's uh, yeah, it is it is good fun. Does he bring his own shower products, or does he just use the kind of the existing soaps that are lying around? I'm just interested if he's actually bringing anything to the table here. No, he's bringing bringing plenty. You know, he's got the shampoo and conditioner, even though he doesn't use it. Um, you know, he's always offering it body to hair. to other people, and and then uh, and then the body wash. Body wash is key. You know, he's got a couple of couple of different ones there. You know, you get that one with. Um, like a bit of cooling mint. Yeah. Oh, um, big in the UK, those ones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it gives your body a nice little tingle. So, mm. it's, uh, yeah, shower time with Bobby is pretty uh, entertaining. Cool. Uh, cool. This is what, how I yeah, spoke with the comms manager of Cricket Victoria before this interview that we've been discussing this. He's doing the neck slitting on the show. Yeah. 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 Tingles. Uh, he, he then made the step up to Victoria. I mean, we do get a few kind of um, anonymous sources, you know, who like to brief us before interviews, and I understand that, um, you know, I mean, life is just constantly dealing with people trying to alpha you in cricket, and I understand that on, you know, for your first Shield game, they couldn't even spell your name right uh, on the back of your shirt. Is that correct? Or is Bob Connie lying to me? That- 
No, 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 that's that's spot on. Not only did they spell the name my name wrong on my shirt, but then they also spelt it uh, wrong on the scoreboard, but in a completely different manner. So uh, they they got me twice, um, which was you know quite emasculating. Mm. Um, but then after that, I suppose, man. I mean, I mean, what what most people are discussing at the moment, you know, is um is Victoria Shield season. You know, it's been a tough season so far for you guys after having won what four out of the last five Shields. You know, for the particularly for the Melbournians who just love Victorian cricket possibly more than Australian cricket. Um, you know, what what are you saying to them around what you guys are doing at the moment? Yeah, it has been been a little bit of a shame the way we've we've started this season, both um, in the one day comp and the. And the the shield, um, but the the beauty is we do have we have a team of of guys that are experienced, um, and they have won shields. We've won you know the the most recent one day comp as well. So we we've got the guys there to do it, um, and at the moment we're just not winning those those crunch moments. Uh, so we'll we'll turn it around. There'll be a game where we'll we'll get our first win for the season, and then uh, and then that'll kickstart us going, and and we'll be flying after that. Pete, former US President Barack Obama, <laughs> that's how I start all my questions, he recently spoke out Love against it. cancel culture. So that's a phenomenon uh, particularly in vogue with young leftists who are increasingly using social media to call for boycotts of prominent people for sharing unpopular opinions or, or some kind of problematic behaviour. You experienced your own kind of cancellation recently um, in regards to comments or how those comments were construed after the recent Victoria versus South Australia draw. Do you want to kind of you know, open up, I guess, on what it felt like to be cancelled on the internet, um, to hear people like Darren Lehman talk on now-defunct sports programs about, uh, you know, their opinions on that, and um, and just is cancel culture ruining society in Australian cricket in general? <laughs> Mate, serious question. Great, uh, great stuff. Um, yeah, look, it, it it sucked a little bit, but... Um, it may, it's it's a it's a public forum. If you're going to put your opinion out there, you have got to be ready to to cop what um what comes back. So yeah, it's perfectly fine for for people to um to say what they wanted to say if they wanted to have a have a conversation around what's um you know what I what I meant by a couple of comments or, or whatever they could have could have called or sent a text or, or found out. But um yeah, I mean everyone's entitled to their opinion. That's the that's the beauty of um of all the social media. What, a few things struck me about that um, like notorious interview, Pete. One was just how you know um, expert all social media is on cricket now uh, and how keen they were just to um, let you know what should have been said or what should have been done or whatever. But the other thing that struck me was like when I was li- like watching you being interviewed, I thought, I have been in the field in those situations <laughs> before. Maybe not conceding like 600, but like... You can create like a narrative in the field with your teammates that they are the opposition of the bad guys, you know, and you can do it all day and say, oh, you, can, you, can you hurry up? You know, this is taking too long, your shit, blah, blah, blah. And I just got the impression that like perhaps you were just still on the field a little bit <laughs> when you gave that chat because I, I, I can see how you can come to that conclusion in your head that, you know, they needed to speed the game up because, because cricket, you know, you're the good guys. You know, like the team that you're on is always the good team. Is the other team's always the worst bunch of blokes in the world. Exactly. Yeah, spot on. Spot on there. I mean, the team you play for, regardless uh, of the opposition, is always, is always right. Yeah. Um, and, you, yeah, the, the opposition's opinion is always wrong. That's, that's kind of how, um, how the game goes. And, yeah, unfortunately, you know, I took those, I took those views uh, to the media instead of, you know, leaving it, uh, leaving it out on the field. 
um, you know, as you as you should do. But uh, yeah, that's a that, that well, I'll try not to make that happen again. But you know, you never know. In the in the moment, you sometimes get caught up. Well, at least you've learned from your mistake now, Peter, and we can all move on. He, I think he goes as a question. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, I was just going to ask you, like, we're, we're coming into the, the, the time that we get every every year where it's the Shield bash-off where, you know, two, three, four bats are going to play for, for one or two spots in the test side. Um, I, I guess I want to ask you what is, there's obviously a fairly obvious answer of like better players play test cricket. But for instance, I'm just thinking, like, you know, Chad Sayers took eight for and five for, you know, in the same game. Wonderful bowler in Shield cricket um, isn't particularly close to the Test scene at the moment. You know, last he summer, it off. <laughs> last 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 summer, you know, you were facing Boomerah. Um, I, I guess I'm trying to ask, like, how big a gap is it between Test cricket and Shield cricket in Australia? Um, and you know, do, do you think the guys who are scoring runs at the moment, you know, are actually that close to succeeding in Test cricket? Yeah, I actually think Shield cricket and Test cricket is very close, mate. I think um, the well, you look around and, and look at some of the bowlers that are playing in terms of um, Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, these guys, when they come back, uh, and then you see you see batters making runs against them. So, um, you know, it is it is very close, um, and players that are making runs or, or taking wickets should definitely be getting looked at because, I mean, that's a, yeah, I, I've, I've played um, first-class cricket around the world. Um, I've seen what accounting system's like. I've seen some, some games in India, and um, I, I firmly believe yeah, the, the Australian setup is is strong, really, really strong. And if you're performing, then um, yeah, I think you're you're ready for that next stage. Pete, you're on record as saying you just need to hit bulk runs to get back into the Test team. But recently, we've discovered there are other ways of getting into teams. For example, being good around the group, such as Mitch Marsh apparently is. What other things besides runs? do you believe could stand you in good stead with the national selectors, including the yet-to-be-announced new selector that was advertised on Seek.com? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, obviously, I mean, there's a, there's a soft-standing one of a, of a good rig and, mm. and skin folds. Skin folds have, have really... Um, they've, almost, uh, they've almost superseded having a good cover drive now. If, you're, <laughs> if your skinnies are under, under 50, even uh, if you can get them under 40, that's, that's almost um, automatic selection. <laughs> it's, in, it's a really impressive, you know, you mean your, your rig's on point. You've got, mm. um, you know, you've probably got some nice biceps, a, a, a decent chest and, uh, and a couple of good quads. So, yeah, skin falls the way forward. And, and, like, you know, on the same point, Pete, like, you've obviously gone through an evolution with your technique to the point where, like, it is quite conceivably, you know, an unconventional technique. Like, can you give an insight into what it's like trying to um, bat in a way that many people think or don't understand or, like, don't think, you know, inverted commas, looks good and having to deal with, like, some of those attitudes in Australia, for example. I mean, you must have had so many people come up and say, oh, no, you've got to do it like this, mate, or whatever. I mean, it must be incredibly frustrating. Why don't you get on the front dog? Mm. <laughs> yeah, the, the amount of times I've heard that, just... Mate, just get forward. Like, <laughs> just gotta, you've just got to get forward. Yeah. But, mate, you, you realise they're bowling 150k, getting forward is not that easy. Um, <laughs> not only just get forward, but, but also, yeah, bat, no. you know, two feet outside your crease and just yeah. take the bowling on. That's, that's, what, that's what you Yeah, exactly. Do. Really, really go hard at it. You know, none yeah. of this late hand stuff. Really, you know, push at it, get out in front. Um, but, yeah, that's, yeah that, that, that happens. But I think with any... With any technique, people are going to get overanalyzed, um, and ultimately, the 
a good technique is a technique that scores run. Doesn't doesn't matter how you look. Um, doesn't matter what you're doing. I mean, we saw George Bailey this week is uh, is looking, you know, even crazier than what he was before. But it's still it's still awesome. It works for him, and he he makes runs with it. So it's like who who really cares? Just, just and just to like sort of follow up on that one. Like, do you feel like at you know, at the, say professional level or shield level, like attitudes are changing around that. Like most of you guys kind of think, well, no, if it works for him, that's fine. Or is there still a few kind of like subcults of people who just still say, no, nah, it looks a bit yuck. Therefore, it's not good. I don't understand it, so it can't work. Like, like what, what is the scene like there at the moment? Yeah, I think that that scene's starting to um, to leave the game a little bit. I think uh, obviously with Steve Smith making the amount of runs that he that he does. Um, with the technique that he's got and the, the positions that he gets himself into, I think everyone's starting to realise that there are so many different ways to score runs and whatever's natural for your body is is going to put you in the strongest position to make runs. So you got you got to try and do what's, what's best for yourself. Pat, I want to ask you that so many times during every club cricketer's career, you know, you, you, you're thinking constantly, I'm about to get out. You're always, you're always thinking that. And obviously, the, the sort of season just gone, you had a wonderful ODI tournament in uh, in Asia against Pakistan, did really, really well. And then you basically get dropped in to the semi-final, come in cold against England on a seeming wicket, mm. and it looked really hard work. Can, it, can you be honest? Were you thinking, I'm about to get out almost every ball? <laughs> Well, when my when my front front pad nearly got blown off first ball, um, there were yeah there were a few doubts starting to creep into the mind um, after that. Uh, especially yeah the boys that were bowling and they, they had a bit of pace and they were moving the ball around. So yeah, it's, uh, those those kind of thoughts don't just stay at a grade cricket level. They, they seem to make their way up to the to the next ones as well every now and then. Is it, like it strikes me that there are. Um better times than others to make the Australian side. Like, yeah. for example, like you might be in a rare form last year, but you get dropped into a test side lacking Smith and Warner uh, and against the best side in the world, and you think, oh, I prefer to be picked against Pakistan, New Zealand, frankly, you know, if I'm trying to make... And I don't mean that as disrespectful to Pakistan, New Zealand. I'm sure that'd be good and it's probably hard for you to say, but, you know, it strikes me that, like, you know, getting picked on a side to go and tour India probably a little bit more difficult if you want to establish yourself or, you know, to be dropped into a semi at the World Cup than, say, making runs now when there's a couple of batting spots open and thinking, gee, I might get a full summer here. Mm. Uh, I mean, are those the sorts of thoughts guys at your level have? Um, I mean, I guess, yeah, you, you you still want to make runs against the best teams in the world. Like, you, you, you want to be as best as you can, so you want to test yourself against uh, the best opposition. But, you know, if you are... If you are selected and it's it's the fifth test team in the world or sixth test team and and you kind of can ease your way in there, it it definitely it definitely helps with your uh, confidence and your and your headspace. Um, but ultimately, at some stage, you're going to come up against the best, so you've you've got to you've got to be able to do it. Um, you know when that moment comes as well. It's fair enough. It's a very diplomatic response, uh, Pete. So, uh, <laughs> mate, we're wishing you all the best uh, for the summer, and also to uh, people on social media who think they know heaps about cricket or whatever. Like, just you know, <laughs> leave them alone. Like, you know, you're always the good guys on the field. But uh, yeah, all, all, all the best for the summer, mate. And thanks for being available for the cast. No, no worries. Cheers, boys. Thanks, that. Niall O'Brien. Niall, welcome to the Grad Cricketer. 
<laughs> my my kind of biggest my two memories of show backdrop playing from us from wasn't wasn't about cricket really. It was about turning up for a for a fifty over game on a Sunday with a woman on each arm and a bat, and a bucket of KFC. That's, that was my <laughs> that was my abiding memory of, of the great show backdrop. That and that is true. I can picture him walking into Alabora Oval now. Late for warm-ups with a woman on each arm and a bucket of KFC. I thought, wow. Wow. This lad's getting about 20 grand a game. Okay, boys, the Great Australian Rig 11, hashtag Great Australian Rig 11, is nearing its completion. Here we and we've go. had some wonderful submissions. Uh, for those who are just tuning into this, we are putting together a new arrangement of custom Budgie Smugglers. The theme is Great Australian Rigs. It's part of Budgie Smugglers' Ordinary Rig campaign. We're celebrating rigs of all shapes and sizes. Any rig, doesn't matter. Could be athletic. Could be sloppy as anything, but mm-hmm. celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm. We're all in this together. Own it. Own it. Own your rig. So we just, uh, and some wonderful submissions are coming in. Want to throw a few out there just to get the brain, the grey matter going yep. on this. Okay. He goes, you had one uh, to kick off. Uh, well, I, I was reading the, the DMs the other day. Someone was suggesting Sean Tate's thighs and calves, mm-hmm. which I hadn't noticed before. But now that I think of it, quite a good trunk. Yeah. Quite a good trunk. <laughs> then I was thinking, well, obviously Bruce Reed's neck. Mm. Obviously. Ob- that's, you what is needn't it say it. about his neck that you... So desired. A longer neck. Now I think about it, I was talking about Gladstone Small's no neck. So mm. I'm very fascinated by necks at the moment, yeah. apparently. Okay. Okay. Did you oh. go on that date, by the way, from last week? Didn't go on the date. No, okay. tomorrow never yeah. contacted me. Okay. Tomorrow? Yeah. Missed opportunity. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm a big hip man. Hipman. Mm. Or small, uh, lower back. The hip man. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the small of somebody's back. And sure. I thought Adam Dale had a wonderful swivel through the crease. Yes. Yeah. So I'd imagine he had, he had quite sort of a lithe hips. I imagine he'd be possible. a very good... <laughs> they didn't lie. No, he'd be a good salsa dancer. Yes. Yeah. And I said dancer, because mm-hmm. yeah. apparently from South Australia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's Penny Wong over here. Speaking of like... I know we've, we, we focused on the lower body, I think, and you just mentioned Sean Tate's calves and thighs. Yeah. What about toes? I'd like mm. to see Ricky Ponting's tippy toes, because when you always saw him on the field, he was very much like a panther, just ready to go yes. either way. Cat-like, yeah. Always kind of on those toes. I'd like to see the toes. I'm not sure how you actually procure an image yeah. of Ricky Ponting's toes. Mm. Maybe Ricky could send them in. Feet pics. Ask Ricky for feet pics. That's basically what I'm doing here. Yeah. I like. Uh, I was watching Aaron Finch bat yesterday, just bombing um, Irfan and just chewing gum. So I want to say Aaron Finch's jaw mm. is strong. I'd, I'd a, like to see Adam uh, Aaron Finch's mm. dimples. Yeah. Oh yeah! If you can isolate a dimple, yeah, as a body part, it's I'm somehow, not sure if it qualifies. It's masculine, is it part of a rig, but it also is. is it, I, you wouldn't traditionally say a dimple is part of a rig. It's actually a, mu- a muscular irregularity. A dimple is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like mm. a, like a bum chin. One of those things. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. like a retardation of the cheek. Right. Okay. I like I like Nathan Coulton's general ruggedness, so I'm not going to isolate one area of his rig, but it's more of a rig look. Yeah, so it's an overall package. The rugged look. Is that something we can do in post? Possibly. Yeah, yeah. touch up these. There's rigs. obviously there's some obvious ones: Watson's chest, you know, Johnson's obvious, shoulders, yeah. Yeah, yeah. glutes. Obvious, yeah. Johnson's glutes yeah. and Brett Lee's glutes. We've said before. Mm. Andrew Simons had nice elbows. Yes, he did. Whose face? Who's the face of this? Yeah, well, that's the question we're putting. Maybe out there is no face to the listeners. Uh, it is mm. use the hashtag Great Australian Rig Eleven. So XI. Great Australian Rig XI, we are going to have custom smugglers with all of these rig parts on them mm. for your for your purchase and mm. our purchase <laughs> over Christmas. 
because this is all very, very normal. Uh, that's all for Budgie Smuggler, budgiesmuggler.com.au. Hashtag AskTGC coming right up in just a moment's time, but you know what time it is right now. We're talking about our live shows, which start so very soon. You know what time it is. Brisbane. <laughs> We are going to be at the Princess Theatre on the first night of the first test match after the day's play. It's the, it's the last day Australia won't be winning a test match this summer. What a venue. What a venue. An it's, easy walk from the Gabba. It's a brilliant venue, to be fair. Looked it up. I haven't been there before, but looked it up. It, it looks amazing. Tickets are still available for that. Jump online to greycricketer.club. The following week, we're going to be in Adelaide, Pez. That's just you and I. Dave will not be there, unfortunately. We're being uh, flown over Channel 7, some Channel 7 stuff. So it's going to be Pez and I in Adelaide. Make that the biggest day of your life, the biggest Saturday of your life. We're going to be at the Rhino Room, greycricketer.club for all your ticketing needs. Obviously, Melbourne and Sydney as well. But Brisbane and Adelaide, get round us because the time is coming up. Summer is summer is but upon us. Um, so, yes, we'll see you there. If they're good fun. Uh, Brody Paul writes in. To hashtag AskTGC. He says, G'day boys, I'm a year 12 student going through my exams at the moment, which rates a stress level somewhere between sitting under a lollipop ball at cover on an overcast day when there's no sun to blame and facing your first ball against a 14-year-old leggy who has already taken a four for in your village team. Mm -hmm. I was sitting around the breakfast table this morning with my family, mum, dad and my sister. I looked down to see a notification from my dad on my phone, even though he sits less than two metres from me. I checked the message to see that he has sent me an attached photo of the newspaper clippings of his 105 not out he hit for his local team, Stanhope, in the 1986-87 season. <laughs> Normal stuff. Accompanying this was another clipping of an 8 for 73 he took in 1985-86, including five caution bolts. And just when I thought this strange exchange of prowess was over, he sent me his career stats batting average 15.07. I was understandably confused, but before I could formulate a response, I hear an utterance from across the table. What do you think of that, Champ? Champ, a word of which, uh, which cricketing connotations he only learns about because I told him about this podcast. I was strangely proud that my dad made an attempt to use a more modern lexicon, but perplexed by he would, by he would attempt to alpha me in such a way. I guess my question is this. How can I tell my dad that his stats don't matter to me when really they completely and utterly make me feel inferior in every way? P.S. To give context, my best bowling is 4 for 35 and batting 54. I did, however, make it to year 12, something he never got to. Not that this means anything considering cricket ability defines us as people. Great question, Brody. That's some nice good levels from a good year levels. 12 student. From yeah. a 17, 18-year-old. The first thing, first thing that struck me was, you know, be grateful for your family sitting around the breakfast table. That's a wonderful ritual. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, so your dad deserves some credit for that, yeah. I think. And then I think your dad... Offering you while he's sitting across the table is pretty good too. <laughs> not talking to you, no eye contact. And no. I just wonder if he'd mentioned these results before. This was the first time uh, Brody had learned about his results. Oh, like you know his best scores and stuff like that. That's pr I think that's a pretty good way. It's pretty hard to come back from that as a child. I mm. like that Brody knows that there are other areas he can call upon to defeat his dad in mm -hmm. the social yeah. capital wars that we're all engaged in with our fathers. Mm -hmm. But he knows that also it's only cricket. Cricket is the only hill that he will battle on. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so he, he's, he's in trouble. I mean, yeah. what's his comeback? I mean, the only comeback I can kind of think of, well, firstly, anything that happened before 1990 doesn't really stack up in, in terms of the modern game. So it's hmm. just obviously village. It's like <laughs> 1980s rugby under Alan Jones, fucking walking around in school teacher shorts. But there's <laughs> nothing professional about that. So. No, no, there was nothing and professional also, about that. And also, your yeah. dad's got fucking newspaper clippings. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty beta. A photo yeah. of newspaper clippings. Yeah. 
Yeah. So sure, he's yeah. trying he's to. He's got yeah. digitized. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. digitized yes. his newspaper clippings. So he wouldn't have the impact if he just shown him your clippings. Cause that would be a nice bonding moment between father yeah. and son. Got a scrapbook. My, you know, I've treasured scrapbook of my cricketing mem- memories. Yeah. But he's just fucking got an iPhone, screenshot it, and just capped it off with a little champing. Yeah. I appreciate the dad's yeah. effort to modernise his. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. His lexicon. My um. My dad's taken photos of the TV, which he's printed out when I've been on mm. TV. Like he's watching me and he's taken a photo of the television of me on the television. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And printed it in black and white <laughs> yeah. on his Konica printer. Yeah. And then sent it as a letter. <laughs> to whom it may concern. To yeah, all his relatives. <laughs> and we arrived three weeks later. So Brody, yeah. uh, the answer is yeah, trouble. Yeah, um, a lot of trouble there. Yeah. That's pretty good. Mm. Okay. Uh, Angus McDonald writes in, Dear fellas, I've recently had my 18th birthday and as a long-term fan of TGC, my mum bought me two of your stubby holders. My question is, will showing the boys my TGC stubby holders gain me social capital despite the gift being from my mum? And also, who's the real alpha? My mum saying those are the piss take present. This is a piss take present, or is it Glenn Maxwell calling a run out from sixty fucking meters away on live television? <laughs> Who's the that was one? Alpha? Do you know what he's talking about? <laughs> oh, the Maxwell yeah, thing. Yeah, it was. yeah, that was that was good. But I'm going to go with Mum, offering us. Although, been on the website, greatcricket.club. And um, while you're there, grab a four pack. <laughs> <laughs> Two fucking individual stubby holders. Yeah. The real alpha is capitalism, uh, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. very Australian, isn't it? And obviously not gender specific to like, uh, you know, we experience this all the time to mm-hmm. have support from people who must manifest that support by abusing us or criticising us or mm. sludging us in some kind of way. You had an experience well, yeah, of that over did, the he weekend. Goes. He goes, so people slide in your DMs? Yeah, people slide in your DMs and then say something weird to you. Then like you say, you just reply back, no, it's just acknowledging that you've seen the message yeah. and they'll be like, oh no, I'm a fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I had too many drinks last night. I apologise <laughs> profusely for yeah. what I said. I never thought or dreamed that you would respond to me. In Why does this keep happening all the time? <laughs> it's like every week. Uh, it's because uh, it's Australian men. Um, um, Angus, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for uh, dipping in. Um, and yeah, showing subway holders will give you social capital. It's a, it's a conversation starter. It's a conversation piece. It's what it is. Hmm. Yeah. So. I've been using it at, around my house just as a conversation piece <laughs> with my wife. Oh, you're still doing that? That's the first time I've called her my wife. Um, How does it feel? A bit strange. Oh, yeah, a bit weird, actually. Just on that, by the way, mm-hmm. we do have a colleague of ours, or an old teammate of ours, who, um, and we will post this with his permission, but um, mm-hmm. who we talked about gender yeah. reveal yeah. births, uh, gender reveal parties recently, uh, and he's posted <laughs> on Facebook a gender reveal party that manifested in him dressed in full whites with batting equipment mm-hmm. and a helmet of the club that we played in, I played at, and uh, his wife or partner had lobbed a ball above him. Just a little underarm, yep. Underarm at his head, though. Mm. Uh, and upon hitting the ball, uh, hooking it wildly, uh, mm. it revealed a you know, puff of pink dust and, and he was having a girl. And as he posted it on Facebook, <laughs> the caption was, don't bowl there, champ. We're We'd like to announce the... With the still shot of him playing a, a wonderful yeah. hook shot and a puff of pink dust. I w- mean, Was the second image just an ultrasound? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would, I would have gone for the caption of like, didn't even get it. Yeah. You can edit posts on Facebook. Yeah. Um, okay, this final one, speaking of Australian men, comes from Josh Helliwell, who says, Ask TGC, hi, blokes, I see myself as a good family man, a man that will always put my kids first. 
I've held the resistance to play cricket over the last two summers because of my injuries and having a son, but have definitely not stopped the shadow batting slash bowling in the living room and scoring three for 743 and getting out the next 20 wickets for a total of 50 on Don Bradman 2 on the PlayStation. I had the cricket on this afternoon while doing some things around the house and saw the score. My one-year-old son was there watching it. He was just staring blankly at the screen, mate. He wasn't watching it. And he can't so see shapes yet. I thought to myself, I'll change it to the kids' channel and I'll listen to the cricket on the radio where I was working in the house. As I switched it over, thinking I was dad of the year, he then began crying and, tuck- and chucking a tantrum. As I switched it back to the cricket, he calmed right down and sat and watched the cricket again. As, I, as this happened... I saw what his future had in store for him. The years of Saturdays surrounded by blokes in the showers, the sledges, the injuries, in inverted commas, preventing him playing for Australia, the many, many ducks and or 30 runs conceded off and over, just being drawn back year after year. And for what? Another disappointing season of grade cricket? Everything that had me have... Everything that had me have... I don't know what he's trying to say here. I'll just leave that sentence alone. Should I stop this behaviour before it gets out of hand? Is it just too late? Am I just a terrible father for allowing this to happen? I need your help. Hashtag Ask TGC. What do you think... Just an aside while I was reading that. What do you think Bradman would think of Don Bradman on PlayStation? He'd want to get his cut. (laughs) Very acquisitive. Yeah. There's a great uh, on the Batuta cast. They interviewed um, Gary Sweet the other day, who played Bradman uh, mm. in mm. The, the famous Bodyline movie. And mm. Bradman stopped. Like, he, Gary Sweet met Bradman yeah. uh, before they filmed uh, or during the filming of the show, and uh, met Lady Bradman, who was lovely, etc. And then, uh, um, and then he'd, he'd he'd bump into Bradman at Adelaide Oval because it was from there at yep. the cricket in the subsequent years, and Bradman completely brushed him. Uh, and he's like, I don't know what I've done. Goes up to Lady Bradman. He, I mean, you should listen to the podcast. But goes up to Lady Bradman. And goes, Oh, I don't know what I've done. He's like, Oh, you know what? You know what he's like. He's like, What, what have I done? And he, she, <laughs> she said, Well, it was because you appeared with a beer uh, in the movie, and he never drank. He never drank. He never drank. Uh, he's like, and, and, and when he's not talking to me forever because of that, well, you know what he's yeah. like. It's dramatic license. <laughs> <laughs> he was a good bloke, Bradman, wasn't he? he got uh, around the boys. Good player. Yeah, good stick. Yeah. Good stick. So, um, I mean, what what advice do we pass on? I mean, he's, he, yeah, you're right, Pez. He's one years old, this this boy. I mean, mm. kids only form explicit memories from the age of two onwards. Mm. So, you know, if it happens a year from now, write in and let us know. But, but for I now, mean, just chill out. I've got to say, you, you know, like the, the ultimate dream is to play cricket for Australia. You know, like he, the, 99.99% chance will end in the sort of disappointment that Josh Helliwell describes here. Ninety-nine point nine four. Pardon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, like I, I heard a story the other day of a um a guy that played through Test for Australia in the late seventies, early eighties, and apparently like he um his wife gives him a lot of grief for coming home late still and drinking too much and whatever. And apparently what he does is um he comes home. What does Rodney Hogg do? No, this isn't Rodney Hogg. Oh, okay. This isn't Rodney Hogg. Uh, and um. Apparently, when his wife gives him grief and he's like drunk and stuff, he goes up. This is a story I'm told. He goes upstairs, um, gets completely nude, walks downstairs with just one item. And as his wife gives him grief, he puts on his baggy green cap and he says, How many fucking tests have you played? (laughs) (laughs) Why in my head is that Brendan Julian? It's not. not. Yeah, I know. 70s and 80s, but that's good. 
Uh, I mean, you guys, are the, you guys, are the dads here. I don't know how to answer Josh's question. He's just trying to share the experience of, of cricketing. It's, you know, the sound of the mm. summer, the sound of summer that cricket has been for so many it people. It's amazing all these that, people that it calms him. Cricket is a cricket is background noise. It's background that, noise. That's how you sell mm. the game. Mm. That's how you grow the game. That's how you sell it to the masses who don't like it. It's like just enjoy the background noise, which is a message to also the commentators and the broadcasters. Mm. Stop trying to make cricket cool. Stop trying to make it sexy. It's it's an antidote to the pace and colour and like a sound like loudness of life do you think there's a niche in the market or an opportunity in the market for an animation company to produce a child's cricket program or to at least drip feed some cricket related content into existing australian productions such as bluey i believe so there's a bluey but for cricket Hmm. what's the message in it or the moral is it to to play or not to play well that's that's the question depending on who's funding the production (laughs) that should be the name of the show to play or not to play um Joe Wilson, I'm going to finish this last one up here, lads. Uh, Joe Wilson, he says, uh, hey, guys, huge fan. Dad turned 50 today. This um, this actually came in a while ago, October 6th. Dad turned 50 today, and he loves your work. Also loves cricket more than he loves mum. He's been playing winter cricket in the 16th grade. There's 16 grades. He's bumped his average to 15, pretty good for him. He's been making a good-looking 58, 45, and he's been coming to all my games, also my brothers. Fuck knows if we'll go to one of his. If you could give him a shout out or something, that would make his day. Thanks. By the way, his name is Pete. Um, well, absolutely no way we're going to give mm. Pete Wilson a, a happy 50th birthday, are we? Mm. There's no way we're doing that. Is that fair to say? Would have thought so. Yeah, cool. Mm. Cool. Mm. No dramas. All right. Uh, thanks to Pete Hanscom for coming on the show. Uh, we'll see you next week on the Great Cricketer Podcast. Happy birthday, Pete. Hanscom. <laughs> <laughs>